Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I will be reading a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And my little announcement that I've started to kind of add on is there may be times when you are listening to the podcast that you will hear the same poem again. Um, And that actually is because I do not pre-record these recordings. Um, Whatever is laid on my heart is what I will share. And it's kind of like when you're reading the scripture and you get a different spin on it the next time you read it or a different interpretation. That's kind of how it is when I'm reading my poetry. And so I hope you do enjoy nevertheless. And if you are more interested in learning about my book of poetry, um, you, are, you can go to IamTeresaReese.com and that is my website. Okay, the name of this poem is entitled Love Language. Holding hands. Oh, let me give y'all some history on this one. So I was a teenager when I wrote this and it actually can be used or made into a song. Um, I have the beat and everything, but I will spare (laughs) y'all. I will spare y'all and I will not sing it, okay? (laughs) So here we go. Holding hands, we gaze into each other's eyes. Sweet romance, we have been hypnotized. This feeling of love has never been felt before. My heart's been stolen. You're the one that I adore. Each day goes by. Our bond is getting stronger. This passion deepens. We can't wait any longer. You've got me, boy. Just where you want me to be. My heart's been stolen. With you is where I want to be. Love has captured both of our hearts. Love has captured both of our hearts. And since this is not only Black History Month, but it is also the month of love, I wanted to talk about the five love languages. Um, Initially, I was going to talk about seven love languages. And the more research I did, I was like, "Eh, yeah, let me just stick to five. (laughs) And so um, today's been a very, I guess you can just say mellow day. I've taken time out to do self-care, not just preach it, not just talk about it, but to actually do it. Um, So I literally just woke up from resting and um, I'm learning how to just be in tune. And it's been so long since I've been centered where I can hear the voice within telling me this is what you need. Um, And I'm really glad that I'm getting back in touch with the inner me and learning how to center myself and just practicing it more. Um, because yes, if, if we're obedient, God has a way of showing us what is necessary to heal. Um, and if we follow his prescription, then we can be whole. And so the five language, five, I'm getting tongue twisted. The five love languages, <laughs> I tried to muffle that all into one, but they are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. And for a moment, I was like, well, am I like a love language junkie or something? Because I need all five. 
I know that there are some people that they're like, oh, okay, you know, I'm okay with quality time and acts of service, or I'm okay with personal touch and words of affirmation. I'm even okay with receiving gifts and personal touch. But for me, I need a little bit of all of them in my life because there's going to be times that I'm not going to feel that I'm on my A game. Um, I may feel like, okay, I'm a little bloated or something. I need for whew, my purpose partner to be like, no, baby, you still look good. You know, <laughs> I need I need some words of affirmation or acts of service. There may be times where I just want to rest, but things still need to be done around the house. And, you know, for him to just say, okay, babe, I'm going to go ahead and wash the dishes today, or I'm going to go ahead and order us dinner or even cook dinner for that matter. Um, and then receiving gifts. I love the element of surprise. I absolutely love the element of surprise. I remember that, um, Oh my goodness. And I just thought this was the sweetest thing. So I have a really good friend of mine. Um, and so I had called him one day and I was didn't even realize the magnitude of how much I was venting. I was venting. Oh my goodness. I've talked about what I was going through, what the kids were doing. Mind you, he lives in Dallas and I'm in Austin. And so I'm just venting away and he's listening so attentively. And he was like, he stopped me mid-sentence and he was like, um, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, I have no plans at all. And he's like, okay, I need you to get to Dallas. And I'm like, get to Dallas for what? And he's like, just get to Dallas. I'll refund you, put gas in your tank, you know, so whatever you spent to get down here, I will make sure that I put that, you know, refill and give you the money for that. But I need you to get to Dallas. And I was like, okay. So I get to Dallas and he takes me out to eat. And then where we were, the area that we were in, he there were like hotels. It was just like a little group of hotels. And so he told me to go down that road. I went down the road and he said, okay, I need you to pick a hotel, any hotel. So I just selected a hotel. Wasn't thinking nothing about it. So um, next thing I know, he's like, I'll be right back. So he, you know, he, he was right. He came right back. And so... Um, he, you know, he's like, follow me. So got the room and everything. We go up to the room and then he looks at me and I said, what? And he was like, here's the keys. And it has a complimentary breakfast and I need you to regroup. I was like, what? He was like, enjoy yourself. What? And so no one had ever gifted me like that or done that at all for me. And I was just in awe. So what I did recently, because this was a few years back, I sent him a picture because I had taken a picture and then it came up um, as I was kind of updating my Instagram. But I, the picture was still in there, but I was getting ready to delete the picture from my Instagram. And so I sent it to him and I said, thank you for being a friend. And you know, it was just, I mean, that was a moment that I was like, no one has ever done that for me. But it was one of the kindest gestures ever. Um, and just, and he's done a couple other things for me since. But I just thought that that was just the sweetest thing. Because I didn't ask for it, but he knew that I needed it. And so, yeah, that was one of the greatest gifts. And then, um, so yeah, that that's one of my love languages, hands down. And then quality time. I don't, 
It's very hard for me to stay engaged in a relationship if there is no quality time taking place. It, I just don't understand that. It's, it, it's like a one-sided relationship to me. If the person that I'm involved with, if you're always working, you know, you always have a reason why you can't be available, I'm probably going to think that you're preoccupied with other things, including that you are emotionally unavailable. And so nine times out of 10, I'm going to disengage myself from that relationship um, simply because I, I'm too old for games. I'm too old for games. I have grown children. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have kids. My youngest now is 15. I mean, she's not grown yet, but still you get the point. Like I don't, I don't have time for the game. So if, if I'm making myself and I'm availing myself to spend time, then I expect that to be reciprocated. So yeah, quality time is a big deal for me. And then personal touch. So I wasn't raised around a very um, affectionate, I wasn't raised in an affectionate atmosphere. So personal touch, that became a love language that I recognized later on in life that it was something that I loved. Um, but initially, I was very standoffish. I remember even when I um, first started being intimate with, you know, whoever I was dating, I remember that there was a time that I used to always cover my eyes and cover, like, just cover myself. And part of that was, I guess, shame. Um, the other part was I just didn't, I didn't know what my love languages were. I didn't know how to... I didn't know how to convey that to the other person. Like, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm not comfortable with. And so I was very shy. Um, oh, times have truly changed since then, child. I'm very aggressive now. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I digress. But um, but yeah, so it's I literally touch at the, I guess in my 30s is when I started to realize like, I like being touched. I like the, you know, uh, the, a man touching me on the small of my back. I love the kiss on the forehead. I had, um, yeah. So one of my experiences was a young man, which I had, this had never happened to me before. And it touched me in such a way, like I fell head over heels, but he used to kiss me on my forehead, which I had never, that, it, I, that was not my experience ever before him. And he used to kiss me on the back of my hand. And I literally remember telling him, like, no one has ever ministered love to me like that before. But when it happened and when I was getting the kisses on the forehead and when I was getting the kiss on the hand, it brought me to my younger years. Like, where if I could have had a father in my presence, if I could have had a father that taught me um, the safe ways to be um, loved. Um, it would have been nice to have a father that kissed me on my forehead, but I never got that experience. And so I didn't know what that was like. I didn't, but it was like the moment that this young man would kiss me on my forehead. It was more, I just felt like it was more connected to the child in me than it was the adult in me. I know that that's weird, but, and I don't even think he realized it, but I feel like he was ministering to the child in me because I, I never got that father-daughter experience ever. I didn't do the father-daughter dates. My biological father passed away before, um, well, literally right after I turned 18. And then 
my um, stepfather was not the affectionate type. So there was never any type of, there was nothing like that. Like we literally just started giving each other hugs maybe six months ago. And I'm being like 100% real. So yeah, so that was, affection for me was not, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that love language. And now I'm at the point that like when I see my stepdad, I can tell him I need a hug. I've always hugged my brothers, um, always. My sister, we've always hugged. But it's like, as far as like my dad, mm -mm, that was that was a foreign language. It was a foreign language for us. That's not the way he showed his love. He showed his love through providing for his family. Um, and so, yeah, so I pretty much um, just discovered not, not long, long, long ago that physical touch is one of the love languages that I absolutely love. Like I... I love, you know, the kisses on the cheek. I love the kisses on, you know, like pecs. And I just, I just love, you know, touch. And so, um, so yeah. And then, ooh, even I've also noticed like every once in a while, you know, the foot massages. I think those are, those are endearing, you know, when you're just on the couch watching television and then all of a sudden, you know, he grabs your legs and then he starts massaging your feet with your socks on. And I think that those types of things are just so cute. You know, they're just so cute. And so, um, or just, you know, you you might be stressed or you might be at work, um, working from home, you know, I'm just for y'all to know, I'm imagining these things <laughs> by myself. So single right now. But I'm imagining how it would be <laughs> with my future hubby. And so, like, you know, working from home and then, you know, he can tell that I'm tensed up and just taking a moment to come and massage my neck and massage my shoulders and then leaving by rubbing my back, but then kissing me on my forehead before he walks out the room. Just, I just think those are... Now, mind you, I would also reciprocate how I'm being ministered to in some way, form, or fashion. And because I'm looking back, one lesson that I have learned, and I'm going to be mindful the next relationship that I get into, is to ask. <laughs> is to ask, what is your, what are your love languages? And the reason being is because when I look over some of my relationships in my past, I ministered to them according to how I wanted to be ministered to. I took that whole treat people how you want to be treated and I took it to a whole nother level. And I remember being told by a couple of gentlemen that they were not used to the way that I love. Um, and that one of them told me, he's like, don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely love it. I'm just not used to it. And so, um, yeah, next time I won't be so quick to just, I just won't be so quick. So yeah, I'll ask the question, but it's just, it's in me. It's within me. Um, I've been told by so many people that love is just something that that's just something that I exude. I like, I genuinely love people. I genuinely want the best for people. Um, I genuinely want them to feel appreciated and feel loved and, um, encouragement. I know that that's another love language. Um, but yeah, and that's something that is, that's, that's in me. That's within me. I love to encourage but I don't want to be his mother. <laughs> I do not want to be his mother. I want to be his purpose partner. And I want to edify him and build him up and make him feel like the king that he is. And make him feel that he can accomplish anything. Um, and I want to be 
And I know that this is going to sound strange because it's so contradictory, but I do want to be a version of Delilah for him. Not the betrayal part, but where he feels that he can lay his head on my lap when he's had a long night or long day and where he knows that coming into my presence is like a safety zone for him where he can let his guard down and he can truly be himself. Um, and he doesn't have to worry about all of these things and standards that come along with just being a strong black man. Like he doesn't have to worry about that. He can literally just be himself in my presence. And so I'm, I'm truly, truly, truly um, looking forward to that. And um, yeah, because I feel like that's important. I feel like, I feel like our men are just not, I mean, I'm sure there's some, I'm sure there are some that are, but it's just been so many things that have been so much pressure. That's the best way to put it. There's been so much pressure placed on the male that they need a place of refuge. They really do. Um, even though the standard of being strong is something that, you know, they're, they're expected to be, they need to also be vulnerable. And that's something that I do recognize. I feel like that's just not enough. It's always like, okay, you got to do this. You got to do that. And it's like, okay, when can I kind of let my guard down and, and cry? When can I let my guard down and scream? When can I let my guard down and just exhale? Like, you know, we're encouraged as women to excel, but when can the man exhale too? Because I'm sure he has moments that he just, he doesn't want to do all of this. He doesn't want to have the weight of the world on his shoulders all the time, every day. Like sometimes he wants to be able to just be like, woosah, you know? So I want to be able to offer that to him to where he doesn't feel as if, oh my goodness, every time I look up, I'm just constantly in, in battle mode. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be a gift that I can present to him. But I will definitely be sure to ask, like, what is it? What are your love languages and how can I best serve you? And then that's when, you know, I'll do the research to figure out different ways to minister. So if you were to tell me words of affirmation, that's when, you know, you get the little sticky notes in the lunch, in the little lunch box. Well, I don't even think we do lunch boxes anymore, but, you know, I'd figure it out. Um, or send a text in the midday and just let him, you know, just something to affirm him, something to brighten up his day. Or if he told me quality time, then I'd be trying to figure out how our schedules could align so that I could just woo him. Now, I'm learning, though. This is something that I'm learning. So I got to figure out the boundary. I got to figure out the boundary. Because what you don't want to do while you are courting someone and while you're dating someone is treat them like they're already your husband. What you want to do is allow them to have a peek into what life would be like if they were to choose you as their spouse, but not give everything up front. So that's actually one of the reasons why I'm grateful that I'm abstinent because, honey, let me tell you what I used to give. No, see, we're not doing that no more. So, <laughs> so now when he decides that he wants to pursue me, that's not going to be in the mix. So you'll be pursuing me for who I am and not for what you got from me so you can get more. No, it'll, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a totally different experience for the both of us. And I'm looking forward to that because I've watched, and y'all now, I'm, I'm a reality show fanatic, and but I've watched certain things, certain shows where 
and I forgot the name of the this particular show that I'm talking about but once I start talking about it I feel like a lot of people can relate so there was a show that I watched and they did not get to see each other all they could do was converse with one another and as they were conversing with one another based on multiple dating the different people they were able to figure out who they meshed well with and they partnered and then they ended up getting married well some of them some of them backed out but some of them ended up getting married but taking the element out of the visual visually seeing the person you know so lust is not playing a part because I can't even really see you all I can do is go based off of your voice and based off of our conversation and it was like a good exercise to me it was like a good exercise because it's like let me take the visual out of it for a moment and let me just see if you and I can truly connect on a deeper level and I feel like that's how it's going to be when you're absent like even though we will physically see each other because we're not adding that to the equation as far as being intimate then we are forced to be intimate on different levels which hopefully will help me to recognize if whether or not this is my purpose partner and it'll help him to recognize if if, if I'm his purpose partner. And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, I think that that's a wise way to go about it, especially with everything going on in this world because there's so much going on in this world. My heart goes out to each and every person that has been touched by losing a life to someone that was affected by COVID-19. My heart goes out to each and every person that has been affected by these snowstorms where someone was in a major car accident because of black ice or whatever, and a life was lost because of that. Just my heart just goes out to people that have just lost. It's just so much. I have never seen the spirit of death running rampant like I'm seeing it run now. And so I don't want to dampen the mood, so I'm not going to stay there long. But I just wanted to acknowledge that my heart and prayers are with those who have lost loved ones and all of this craziness that is happening. But yes, I do believe that knowing your love language is also, or love languages, is a part of loving yourself. Because one thing that I... I guess the reason why I can say all five is because this is something that I try to practice anyway. So as far as like words of affirmation, I have, and it's every time that I wake up, I wrote this on November the 24th of 2020. And excuse me, it says, Teresa, you are worthy of abundance in wisdom, humor, love, good health, joy, mental health, peace, weight loss, kindness, spiritual health, meekness. I probably said meekness, but I'm saying it again. Generosity, life, financial freedom, wealth, God, and prosperity. And I see this every day that I wake up. Those are my words of affirmation to myself. This is something that Because when you've been told for so long what you're not worthy of, you've got to flip the script and start reminding yourself what you are worthy of until you believe it. So if I'm looking at it every day, if I'm saying it to myself every day, then eventually 
it's going to, I'm going to draw that to me. I'm going to draw an abundance of wisdom to myself. I'm going to draw an abundance of humor. I'm going to draw an abundance of love because I am meditating on it every single day. I'm going to draw an abundance of joy and my mind is going to be right. I'm going to be in my right mind. My mental health is going to be on point. And eventually when I'm aligning myself with what it is that I'm worthy of, some of these things will fall by the wayside. And so, yeah, I have to look at that. I have to remind myself. I have to tell myself, like, this is what you're worthy of. This is this is what you need to be drawing to yourself. And, um, and I try to consciously do that. I try to enter into conversations that I'm going to learn something from. I try to take the time out to meditate meditate on the goodness meditate on the blessings meditate like I literally I don't know I don't know which child I was talking to but we were talking about the blessings and I was like okay yes I'm a single mother but I I can remember where I've come from I can remember being homeless I can remember being married and miserable I can remember going to church and watching my spouse at the time have this presence about him. And I'm thinking, you don't even, you're giving these strangers more respect than you do your own wife. Like, what is happening here? I don't, who is this person? And so I can remember those things. And then it's like now that same person is remarried, but praying over me, checking on me and the kids, making sure we're good. It wasn't always like that. But because I believe that I started projecting into the universe what it is that I know that I'm worthy of. And because even though I know that I may have been mistreated, that's the one thing that I've known about, learned about myself a long time ago. I don't treat people the way that they've treated me. I had a friend and, and I kind of chuckled. I chuckled to myself when she said it because she was telling the truth. So she was like, I, I had something told me to call you. This just happened recently. She says something told me to call you. And then I questioned when I heard call Teresa because she's been calling me and I haven't answered any of her phone calls. Will she even pick up the phone? And I chuckled because I was like, that's not the energy that I'm going to give those that give me that energy. Like I'm, I don't like doing the tit for tat thing. And so I answered the phone and she was blessed in our conversation. But I was like, I just, I am, I'm cut differently. <laughs> I'm, I'm designed differently. And so, but I just kind of laughed about that. Cause I was like, yeah, you know, Anybody else probably would have looked at the phone call and then ignored it and kept going. But I was like, I'm not going to do that. You know, I see that you're apparently if you're calling me and you haven't been calling me, you need me. And so that's the way I look at it. And so that's the way I operate. But yeah, it has taken me. I think I've, I've always been like that. Like even <laughs> one of my best friends, she told me, she said, she was like, Teresa, you're the nice one. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, out of me and you, you're the nice one. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But yeah, so I just, I don't know. I've, I've just, I've, I don't treat people 
how they treat me. Um, and sometimes I feel like that's a flaw, truth be told. Because sometimes in some of these situations, I want to treat people how they treat me. But I just cannot do it. Like, I refuse. To, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I do have a relationship with God. I don't know. But it's like, I, I can't give them the same energy that they give me. So it's like, even when I know that I'm being mistreated or even when I know that, um, you know, I could be handled a lot better. I'm not going to treat them like I've been neglected by them. I'm going to treat them like they've been making me a priority and I make them a priority. Even if, you know, what is it? Speak those things that be not as though they are. So it's like, I'm going to keep on projecting that energy until they level up. You know, and if you don't level up, it's okay. I'm gonna still stay at that level because I that's just how I'm, that's just how I am. But this is going to conclude my podcast on tonight. I hope I've said something to encourage or inspire or just to open up your mind um, to view what is your love language? You know, have you ever thought about that? I thought about that in terms of I need to know what my love language is, I need to know what they are for the simple fact that. When I do meet my purpose partner, I'm sure that's going to be one of the things that he wants to know. And he may not ask it, but eventually it will come up in conversation. And I need to be well aware, okay, I really need all five love languages. Um, And I also need to be encouraged. And, you know, there will be times that I'm going to ask you for help. There will be times that, you know, but I'm not, I'm not a gold digger, have never been. And so he'll never have to worry about that. I'm not trying to see how much money you make and all that kind of, I mean, as long as you're taking care of business, that's what matters to me. But yeah, I'm not a gold digger. I don't, money does not attract me like that. Um, I know that money is necessary, but I'm not, I'm not a lover of money. Um, I'm more interested in the content of his character. Does he have a relationship with God? That is like primary. I need to, and I'm not talking about the little G-O-D. I'm not talking about Satan. I'm talking about Jehovah Jireh. I need to know, do you have a relationship with the almighty God? And, um, and that's because I have a relationship with him. And because I have a relationship with him, I need to make sure that you and I are on one accord. And so all the other stuff we could talk about, we could figure it out, but I need to know, you know, that to me, that's the foundation. That's how everything else will start to align. And I just got to know, I got to make sure that, you know, and if you don't, well, Jesus, I just don't believe that, that God would like send me an unbeliever. I, I just don't believe that he would function that way. So yeah, I might be referring you to someone else that I know that y'all might be very compatible. Yeah. But as far as my king, I believe that he is a believer. However, I digress. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast. But before I do, I'm doing things a little different. Since we talked about love languages, I wanted to read my future hubby two poems on tonight. And one of them is called One of These Days. And I wrote this on today. And I wrote the other one on today, February the 16th of 2021. Here we go. One of these days, I will definitely learn that your deepest love, my king, will be a gift that I've earned And once I've earned it, I'll pray on what's needed to keep it close to my heart, whether we're together or apart. On business trips, of course, monogamous is our portion. 
building our empire, God honoring the desires of our hearts. Oh, how I look forward to the day when I become your wife and receive your last name, the two of us becoming one flesh. Oh my goodness, let me stop before I thicken the plot and become hot, thinking about you and I consummating our union in wedlock. You are well worth the wait. However, don't get it twisted, so am I. I'm certain our love will stand the test of time. I'm looking forward to the day when you become mine. So that was the first poem. And the second poem, it is called My King. I've spoken this into the universe. You, my love, will be more than my lover. You'll be my best friend. However, just so you know, I've been lifting you up in prayer. My love, you deserve to be treated like a king. You are the essence of excellence and royalty. Your heart deserves to be protected. Therefore, loving me will be one of your greatest investments. My king, my desire is to serve you, to stand beside you and minister to you too. Our prayer lives will manifest genuine happiness. Thinking of you has me in bliss. I'm looking forward to our first kiss. Trials and tribulations, of course, will come, but I'm sure it is different when you're in love. I love you already and we haven't even met yet. I look forward to when you manifest in the flesh. Yes, King, I'm preparing to receive your unconditional love, abstaining from instant gratification so that you will be more than enough. And unconditionally, I am ready to love you. Patience most, most certainly is a virtue. I love you, my king. So I hope that y'all have a blessed and wonderful day. And like I always say, do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Bye.